Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. I'm Dr. Reddy. And we are back for Season 2, Episode 1 of Wire in the Blood. The title of this episode being... Still She Cries. Yep. Oof. Uh, we open with uh, the continuing efforts to get Maggie to figure out where those... Uh, where those corpses are of all of the children she killed yeah. and buried in the, just in the heath somewhere. Yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, it, uh, they, they wanted to keep this going and you're like, well, Tony's fascinated by her, but there's always been a, a mechanical, like he's, well, not mechanical, but like a, just a 100% transactional. He is getting close to her to find out, but more importantly, to find out where these kids are. Well, where these kids' bodies are. Obviously, they're all dead. Yes. There, there will be no rescuing on this show. No, no. They, these children, well, I would assume she's been in jail for quite, she's been in the mental institution for quite a while. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and it's interesting because they're there. And mm -hmm. they're digging around this corpse. So she's figured out the approximate area. Yeah. She's figured out where she's killed them. Yes. She seemed to remember. The specific area where they were buried. Yeah. And then this is uh, 18 years ago. So they obviously didn't have ground penetrating uh, radar. radar. Yeah. You'd I, think they could get some corpse dogs out here. But, you know, yeah. maybe they've been buried for so long. That, uh, yeah, that it's not going to be an easy thing. Because we see them, like, with an excavator, just constantly digging in different places in the hopes of turning up something. Yes. And um, and then, um, and we also see Tony is there, and he's with this student of his. Yeah, he brings uh, Laura, his student from Shadow Rising, who we met. He brings her with him to observe yes, the, uh, the goings-on. Yeah, she's doing her PhD on Maggie. Yeah, and why. we get a, a bit of a thing because Maggie freaks out when she sees another woman in Tony's life. Yes. And uh, Tony's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I made a huge mistake because I feel nothing for her. But this, you know, relationship of trying to find out these kids, I forgot that Maggie is pr doing a lot of projection onto me. And imagining a relationship between us that doesn't exist. And he didn't think about that. And he didn't think about, because he does not think of Laura romantically in any way, shape, or form, it didn't occur to him that, that Maggie, Maggie, like this one person who already has a delusional relationship with him, would see another woman as a threat to her delusional relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. Tony not thinking things through, sadly. Sadly. The great empathizer just cannot get it together. Well, anything to do with women in his own life causes him lots of problems. Yes. Yes. Historically, that never goes particularly well for Tony Hill. As, as we will be seeing over yeah. you know, the next few years. Many, many seasons. It's not like this is the last time this is going to come up. Yeah. Uh, this is just a very directed version of it. Yeah. yeah. So, and so, and then... That that means that Maggie's just refocused herself, and they call it quits. Yeah, to the digging because they're not finding anything. It's night. It's it's a waste of resources too, because right? you got a lot of people out there looking for these bodies. So the cops aren't happy to be spending these resources searching for these bodies. Who and of course the 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 governor, the you know the guy in charge of the police department is like is. Is she just wasting our time? Does yes. she just oh. want a vacation from the asylum? And Tony says, no, that's not what's going on. And we, as the audience, also know that that's not what's going on. She yeah. is being tormented by mm -hmm. visions of the children. Yeah. She Our cannot monster. get away from that, uh, from the memories of the children she murdered. Yeah. She is I'm, haunted. Now she is haunted. And... Um, it, it is interesting in this one that, as she explains, but you don't understand that when you're in killing, yeah, she said, I don't remember clearly. 
it's just like something takes over you and mm-hmm. you have to do it. And so I don't really clearly remember everything I did. Right. I mean, about how she explains it, but Obviously. that's what she's explaining, right? She and um, to Tony at one point, but they are, it's getting worse. They are constantly there. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, the ghosts of these children. Yeah. And, and she is sort of seeing herself doing it again. Um, and uh, instead of wanting to get out and do it, she just wants these children to go away. They want, she wants, and the only way to do that is to find them mm-hmm. and let them have proper burials in her head. Yep. Ultimately. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so that's the, that's an underlying thing that is going on during this entire episode. We will. Yeah. It's not the main plot of this episode, mm-hmm. but it it's not the main plot of this episode, but that is also happening at the same time as the main plot of this episode. And there's, you know, and sort of, it's a key thing for Tony. It's more important for Tony than it is for the main mm-hmm. episode. So we open up with them talking about this uh, Mika, this Dutch girl who had been on who had disappeared. Who had disappeared. And yeah. all they had gotten was hair. Yeah. In they the- were sent a uh, package of hair in the mail to Carol. Well, to Bradfield police, but she's in charge of the investigation. So it's not really a surprise who would be getting it. Yeah. And yeah. that's all. And they come to a dead end with that. Nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. Phony's not very helpful with this. <laughs> no, he's really not. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Well, Tony, as he will say, you know, I need more than one. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't just give me a woman is missing and here's some hair and expect me to do anything. I need points of data if I'm going to start interpreting this situation. And it's like, he's not wrong, but it's Tony. So he's a dick about it. Yes. Well, as he, as he does, does say, I, I have started reading the books. Yeah. But the later ones, it's, it's interesting. We'll talk about this after we finish all six seasons. Right. Um, But the one thing, of course, and he does say this consistently in other of the books and Mm -hmm. here too, he does. He doesn't waste time Mm -hmm. on the, on the the dip. He doesn't understand. He just cannot understand. The sentiment and the. Yeah. Because they're dead. They don't care. Let's work on, let's work on people we can help. Yes. That's basically it. You know, and you can see that. That's why he, he, even when he wants to get more, like with Maggie, he's still trying to help. Oh, yeah. Because well, no, we get that great moment of Laura, his uh, grad student, being like, uh, I met my first uh, murderer today. And he immediately jumps in with, she's a patient. Yeah. You can't ever think of her as just a murderer. Like, you're still her doctor. You know, I'm her doctor trying to figure out what to do for her. You know, she's not a murderer that I'm studying. She's a doctor and it's my job to help her with what's best. And of course, part of what's best is never being out allowed out in public. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the rest of her life has to be awful. And she is in when it's funny because you can see a development over the since last year. Oh, yeah. That things are getting worse. She is decomposing the more she seems to whatever drove her to kill children seems to be gone and the horror of what she's done seems to be overtaking her well what's fascinating is it's like it's this situation where therapy is making her worse yeah because she is being for like because she had been living in denial like she had had this you know, this whole, I, uh, she almost thought she was helping children and blah, 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 you know, all of this delusional ideas about what her role in these lot in these lives of these children she's killed. And as Tony has humanized the victims for her, yeah. it's bringing back all of these memories and she's starting to see herself as a monster. Yeah. And, and she and can't she, escape that. Yeah. And she's seeing herself killing them and how they're struggling against her. Yep. 
and you know, and how desperately they didn't want to die. And she's filled with like guilt over this suddenly. Filled with partly curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that it's gotten to complete guilt yet, except that part of her definitely is getting to real guilt yet. If these children are haunting her exactly and they come in the night and they just won't let her go and they start talking to her. They've yep. now started talking to her. So yeah, yeah she's that's the, how she's manifesting her guilt. Mm-hmm. It, it's very strange when you hear her talking with Tony. Because oh, yeah. her she needs Tony to talk to Tony. She needs Tony to do something about this. And that's why he's helping her find focus the bodies, because it'll yeah, bodies. like yeah. And that'll give her this concrete thing to accomplish. Yes. And, but uh, anyway, so Oof. we've got... Um, and yeah, we've a, lot, got a lot going on with Tony this week. Yeah, a lot going on with Tony. And and it is that Maggie, you know, that, you know, the Laura is doing, is doing her PhD on Maggie. I don't know exactly what she's doing it, but she's doing it with Tony. Yeah, she's studying her. And yeah, I mean, that right at that very beginning when she first talks, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when she calls her a murderer. Yeah. I, my first murderer. And Tony just jumps down her. Like, somehow yeah. it has not gotten through to her yet Yeah, that these people are still human beings. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it, it is... Um, it's it's an interesting take. That's how they introduce her with that. And then she asks Tony if he wants to join her down at the... For local. a drink, because yeah, a bunch no. of people are going out for a drink. Yeah, because a bunch of her friends are going out for a drink. And mm-hmm. he just says no. No. And then we see Tony uh, doing what Tony always does, walking away with his all of his belongings in a blue shopping bag. Because why spend the money on a briefcase when a blue bag from the shops does the job perfectly? Because yeah, he only needs so many papers and so yeah, many. He's exactly. Got, his house is full of stuff. His office is full of stuff. Yeah. Well, we do get that great moment in this one where uh, Carol comes by the office to ask. Because, you know, they say go to Tony and talk to him about these cases. And well, she comes by the office. Because say, he hasn't been answering his phone. Because he hasn't been answering hasn't, the phone. And was, literally his... There's so much garbage in it, like random papers in his office that has completely covered up his answering machine. Yeah. So, so he, he didn't even know he had a message. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Tony's great. We because love Tony. Another because, girl. yes, another girl goes missing and it's Laura's friend. Yes. Who was the last one at the bar the night before. Yeah. She didn't at the bar because she didn't feel like going home yet. Yeah. She gets abducted from a... Uh, she gets abducted from a bus station because, you know, the last per somebody gives her a ride, not to her home, but to the bus stop where she can take the bus home. But of course, this proves to be a horrible error and she is brutally uh, kidnapped and all of her hair is cut off and she's murdered right away. But we don't know that yet. No. Uh, Tony figures that out almost immediately in an unbelievably creepy way because they get the letter for the Bradfield police with the... Uh, uh, the hair in it, yep. and Tony observes something very strange, which is that there's uh, the fingerprints on it, right? And on what the do they inside? The fingerprints yeah. are on the inside. He said, "No, you've got to open this. This yeah. this letter has been, this envelope has been opened and put back together again." And yeah. so they get it open, and they've got fingerprints because they do mm-hmm. find fingerprints, right? And the fingerprints. You know, they're all going, well, maybe, maybe. No, 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 no. They say, I love you. And Tony just looks and says they're both dead. Yep. He made, he's like, he, uh, how shall I put this? If he, he says that if they, if the guy went to the trouble of like making them make this elaborate message for the police with these fingerprints, like there's no way that keeping these people alive, like, his focus is not his victims. His focus is his relationship with the police. Yes. Meaning he's not keeping them alive. Yeah. 
And so, yikes. Uh, that was a that was a rough start. And then we get a horrible scene where they go out and they uh, do the appeal to the killer on the press, right? They do the appeal to the killer and the, you know, like, please, this is a real person, blah, 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 blah. And it's Carol doing it, not Tony. Yeah. And Laura, because she knows exactly what the procedure is with this kind of thing, she knows for a fact that if Tony thought there was any chance that this girl was alive, he would be like, he would be the one talking and using all of his psychological tricks to to especially humanize her and like uh get the guy to see her as a person and get out there and value her life and bring her back but all they're doing is trying to get the killer to reach out because the more communication they have with the killer the more likely the killer is to make a mistake and the more data they can have that tony can have about how the killer operates and how the killer thinks which ideally would get him you know be able to help well, identify confronts tony with this and tony said yep. i can't talk to you about this it's her friend it's her best friend yep and that has been murdered yep and then and this is the key part the next day the uh, killer does in fact reach out yeah. and demands that carol go and do a uh right Carol go and do this thing where she like goes to a um, phone booth, a phone booth, right? Goes to a phone booth and gets a message from him. Yeah. And Tony's like, here's the thing. Like there are four types of rapist. And I'm pretty sure that this is your power reassurance rapist. And if you give him what he wants, he's only going to get worse. Like you have to defy him. So, Carol, do not go to this meet. Send Dawn to the meet instead. Uh, right? Yeah. Um, oh, no, wait. Sorry. Dawn to meet is the second one. Sorry. Uh, the first one is, he says, come alone, no things. He does send her the first one time, but she's got a radio on and she's got the people. Uh, and she's got, sorry, I misremembered because they do this twice in the episode. Uh, but she's got people following and she's got a radio on her. And he said, come alone. And so on the phone, he says, I told you to come alone. Now I'm going to have to, you know, uh, I'm going to have to let her go. Yeah. Thus implying that it's her fault that she's dead. And he tells her where the body is. And they go out and they find the body. And uh, they find crucially the other body. Yeah. Turns out the other body is there, too. And even though she was kidnapped weeks ago, she looks exactly the same. And, of course, the M.E. is like, oh, yeah, no, she was she was kept in a freezer. Uh, she was kept in a freezer, so that's why she looks exactly the same as the other one. So, yeah, this guy is messed up. Uh, and so they go over, they actually learn a lot from examining the bodies. And right? the ground, because not, neither one of them have been sexually assaulted. Well, they have been sexually assaulted, but oh, well, with an yeah. object. With an object. Clearly. With yeah. an object, and this, and... He's like, search for semen on the ground yeah. because a guy like this, if he can't, for whatever reason, uh, he will need to ejaculate. He will need to climax and he'll do it over the bodies. So you'll find his semen, like if he's not raping these dead bodies, you'll find it on the bodies or on the ground nearby because he wouldn't be able to help himself. Yeah. And crucially, they were killed by like single blows to the back of the head with a wooden plank. So it's very interesting that this guy literally can't even face the women he's killing. Yeah. And that's part of what's going on. Like, that's part of what Tony finds so fascinating about him is like, he can't even look at the women he's killing. He's so, like, he's so removed and distant from him. Uh, but he's like with, but Tony's last uh, big guess is given the amount of steps this guy is taking, like given like the elaborate kidnapping, the, like the the careful sending messages, the wanting to be the police to think he's smart. He's like, this is a guy who will have a technical job. Yeah. Right. And it's it's a good thing. And, uh, and it's like, he's got to have a job, right? For the most part, you know, most people do. And he's like, the job will be something 
technical. And it makes sense because, again, this guy seems to really be obsessed with precision and doing things a specific way because he killed both women in exactly the same way. Like, uh, they were both abducted exactly the same way. They both had the exact steps to them after they were done. It's like, so obviously routine is important to this guy. And he would look for a job that also offered him that same kind of routine is Tony's insight. Yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty good guess. Like, I, I believe that guess now, but they crucially say, uh, well, that doesn't, you know, <laughs> that actually doesn't give us much of a lead. No, the, 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 her, Laura's best friend's girlfriend's boyfriend yeah right is doing technical work engineering or yeah exactly like there's there's people like this everywhere like this is just not it's not a great lead but it is something and this is the key thing like profiling can get you the most likely kind of profession a, a person might have but all it can do for you is narrow down a list of suspects yeah and even then well we'll talk about where that gets where that gets us when we get there later in the episode. But the key part of this episode is uh, Laura's not coping with this very well. No. Laura is drinking too much. Well, they all drink too much, but... Every character on this show drinks too Except much. Except for Tony. Except for Tony, who doesn't drink at all. But yeah, lots of lots of drinkers on this show. Yep. So... Uh, But yes, she's very, but in addition to everything else, she's angry at Tony for A, you know, on one level, letting her friend get killed. Yeah. Right. And B, you know, not telling her, her, yeah, not telling her, not letting her be involved. Yeah. And let's face it, it's, uh, it's Robson Green. It's Tony Hill. Also, she has a crush on him, obviously. Well, yeah, she obviously has. That is a, yeah, a massive, that. That can be a problem. <laughs> oh, absolutely. A serious like, problem. And Tony, of course, doesn't have a clue. Yeah. Because Tony is always oblivious about this kind of stuff. Yes. As. 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 Uh, what? What's her face? Points out to him. Carol? Carol. As Carol points out to him. How can you be so this oblivious? Yep. You know. Uh, so, yeah. She's having an incredibly rough time, and she, uh, decides she of course, out. oh, damn, she, decides to go out. Yep. And go to the same bar where her friend was, right? Yeah, when the she, same bar when she was abducted later. And they have no idea how the killer is finding his, his victims. He could have followed her from the bar. He did. I mean, we later learn he did follow her from the bar. And Laura is just so freaked out and guilty because she's supposed to be working on this stuff, too. And she's supposed to know about this stuff. And it's her friend who got killed. So it's like there's all of these layers of guilt and recrimination happening with her. So she's just going out to put her life in danger. And I don't think there's any other, you know, way to read her actions. Yeah. And uh, although I have to admit, I did find this was the one part of this episode I found. Okay, Deus ex machina. You know, we needed, we, you know, this, this was just a little bit, but we'll get there why I'm saying this. But she goes and she's decided she's going to pick up whoever she feels like picking up, whoever good at this bar. And so she goes and picks up this guy, takes him back to, they go to a motel room somewhere. No, I think it's back to her place. You think it's back to her place? Yeah, it is. Okay, it's back to her place. And they have sex. No, they don't. That's crucial. It's crucial that they don't have sex. She, uh, he teases her, right, by uh, spelling out her name, uh, his name, because he won't say what his name is. Spells it out by, like, pressing his finger into her back and writing Tony. Yeah, that's right. Right? Oh, and yeah. this, uh, this significantly arouses her. And she turns over and starts kissing him. Yeah. And that freaks him out and causes him to prematurely ejaculate. That's it. And he is all wrapped up in shame from that and he runs off, leaving her alone horny and pissed off. Yeah. So what did she do? She she goes over to Tony's. Oh my god. Wow. And of course, Tony uh, and immediately just comes on to him and Tony rejects her. Yep. 
and she, you know, grabs him and scratches at his face because she's so furious for all of this stuff. Yeah. And Tony just, you know, essentially shoves her out of his place, which is not the best way to handle the situation. But given Tony's, you know, famous not being comfortable with anything, you understand why Tony has that reaction. Yeah. Well, in his personal life, he does not understand motivation. He doesn't. And let's face it, uh, he, I mean, on a certain level, like he's not attracted to her. Like he's not, he doesn't think that would be appropriate. He hasn't even thought of her that way, really. But also like, I, I feel like Tony romantically wants to be in control of situations. Well, yes. Well, we see that with, well, it's, it's more, it's, it's even more complicated, you know? Oh, it is. It, it absolutely it, it's is. much more complicated. I don't. Um, we don't, I'm just trying, I keep trying to think, uh, there, there are some things we know about Tony, if you've read the books, um, but we haven't, yeah. um, and I've just read the one and I can't remember, like I'm sitting here going, okay, are we going to follow through with some of the issues in the books? I'm um, very intrigued. Yeah, no, no, there are some, like the things that we complain about with this show in terms of finding Tony. Um, they're yeah. resolved. I, I, I'm going to take a little breather here because we'll move on in a sec, but just we'll come back to this. I will say is that, um, Val McDermott, like she's still writing Tony and Carol books. Yeah. One came out in 2017 and that's the one I'm reading right now. And then there's one in 219. I'm missing a whole bunch of them. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Because there's always the story and then there's the continuing yeah. underlying, right? Stuff that's going on with the characters. And um, what has happened, right, is that um, she has not um, bent her views of Tony and Carol and all of the other things to to the whims of television <laughs> in the way that that uh, book series that Elizabeth, you were so frustrated by yeah, did that Elizabeth George did. Gotcha. Okay. So we will keep that in mind. Yeah, so the she, books are, the books are still their own thing. They are still their own thing. But I do think that when we get to the end of it, I will have read all of them by then. Um, okay. And then we can start talking to, to talk about that. Okay. That people can go read the books and fill in a lot of the gaps. That, See, that, that is that is very interesting to yeah. me, and I look forward to finding out more about that and being able to discuss it when I've read some of them. So let's uh, so, go back to <laughs> Tony being <laughs> arrested. Yeah. So yeah, and it's like, dude, uh, after she attacked like that, I feel like you should have told somebody about it. Well, no. What are you doing, he's Tony? Always, I'm sure in his head, oh well, she's terribly upset. She'll go back home and. She'll be better in the morning. I mean, that that's literally what Tony would, would do. Yeah, it is. And no, you believe back, it from his He'd character. go back. He'd go back. You can't. He'd go back and play some more video games because he's still working on this serial case. Yeah. So he's, you know, this is just a little distraction. Yeah. In his life. In, in For him. He doesn't see how unbelievably hard this has been for her. And how upset she is and... And to come mm -hmm. on to him like that, and then she she scratches him and yep. face and the whole thing, and then they come by in the morning to arrest him, and they make him yep. all his clothes from last night. They make him put on the white suit, the paper outfit, yeah, the paper outfit, mm -hmm. and they take him in. Yep, and he's um, you know. And he's and he just still doesn't get it, right? He just doesn't get it. She has charged him with rape, mm -hmm. and uh, they've done the full rape kit and they've done everything. And, and they did found semen on her body, yeah. so that's going to be the thing. And so they're going to test it against both uh, the both well, Tony's they, no. DNA sample. And uh well no the... it's not that they were going to they do they did they were they were just testing it. Yeah. And then they end up in the database. Yes, it's not Tony's. It, it wasn't that they they made this conscious because it's a shock to find yeah, out what happened. Yeah, it is a happened. shock to everybody. But 
here's the problem with Tony. And now we start to cut. Tony is sitting there going, oh, oh, but I didn't. But, you know, no, no, no. She's upset. And, I, and you know, and he gets put into jail. He and he dismiss kept it. In jail. He dismisses it. He gets kept in jail. He needs mm. to go and see Maggie. This is what is foremost on his mind. Because he knows yeah. he didn't do it. This is what he says yeah. to everybody. But here, am I this, this? He starts prof- putting out the yeah. profiles of a rapist. Am I this? Yeah. Am I this? Am I this? Well, no. Well, I didn't do it. You then, know? exactly. So let me go. I need to go see Maggie. Yeah. But he's in jail. And we are following Maggie. And, of course, Maggie is waiting for him. Yeah, because prom- we, me- we did not mention that he was with her the previous day. Yeah, and then and she felt like she was close to something, and he she desperately needed to see him the next day. And he and crucially, he'd agreed because there was an appointment. Exactly, and her, crucially, she got her hands on a paperclip. Yeah, yes, that which other mm. one of those little things. He it, one of them fell off a piece of paper in the room. Yeah, he had, but, and nobody was paying attention to that single detail. Yeah, and uh, and Tony should have known better, but Tony. Mm-hmm. Is Tony. Um, well, Tony is very absent-minded. Yes, and so, but she leave, but he leaves, and she picks up the paperclip. But she goes, and she is waiting for him, so she can tell him, yeah, that she's figured it out. And he doesn't, he doesn't come, and so, and he keeps trying to get them to let him go and see her, and mm-hmm. they won't. <coughs> and she. Starts, she takes out the paper clip and she gets blood and she starts to do things on the wall. Starts drawing see. on the wall. Well, we see she's drawing. Yeah, we just we don't know she's what drawing she's drawing on the wall. We don't see it. And then she kills herself. Yep. And by she starts- jabbing a by jabbing a piece of metal into her neck and just slowly bleeding to death. Yeah, it was pre-ordered, so yep would have been the carotid artery yeah. or yeah but we've got Carter. these spurts i mean it's very disgusting like these spurts of blood yeah. flying and hitting the wall like but tony's the guilt. In jail. yeah and tony's in jail for all of this yeah uh, uh, for when all of this is going on tony's still in jail and mm-hmm. then you get the dna results come the following day yep right and they're all looking at it like they like they bring them to um why can't I remember her name? Laura? No, no, the Oh. The the the, the... Carol? Carol. Okay, well, no, it's just <laughs> two <laughs> characters find out right away about the thing. No, Laura yes. doesn't find out right away. Well, soon after, because uh, where it's Farrell's what is Carol's first destination after she gets the results? Okay. I'm trying to set up the astonishment in all of this. Yeah, because it turns out the DNA matches not Tony, but the murderer. The murderer, because what happens is they're testing Tony's DNA against the sperm, and then they put yeah. it through. It doesn't match Tony. So, so they, they just it put it into the system. Through APHIS, the British equivalent of APHIS. Yep. And well, no, that's a fingerprint. It's well, the DNA database. The but DNA anyway, d- yes. database, and it spits out this recent case. So she's mm-hmm. had sex with the murderer. Yeah, that's the guy she picked up in a bar. Yeah, which, as I said, was, you know, a bit much. It's but. it's a bit much, but then again, this is his hunting ground. Yeah. And he had seen her the night before. It's it's a stretch, but it's not the worst stretch we could have possibly encountered. No. So like, I, there, are, there are bigger contrivances in fiction than this one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is a little compared to... We compared to some stuff we've seen, uh, yeah, yeah. This, um, this one's not that. Compared to literally any random episode of Criminal Minds, yeah. <laughs> this is actually pretty pretty small. Like yeah. again, there's an episode of Criminal Minds where someone has cut off a woman's two legs, and they go to the thing. Who who lives in here in Sacramento? Not Sacramento, Bakersfield could know how to cut off a woman's le- uh, two legs. All right, and then they're like. Well, there's a professor of anatomy at the university. He would know how to cut off legs, and he's currently on sabbatical. We better uh, go and kick down the door of his place. (laughs) And it turns out that, no, he's not the killer. But, in a complete coincidence, he was recently murdered by the killer because he was dating a woman that the killer was obsessed with. I know. Like, 
Yeah. Huh? <laughs> like that is a contrivance. Yes. That is a contrivance. This, this wasn't uh, a woman, a guy deciding to murder another woman who uh, is at is at his hunting ground and is willing but to it's run, very you know, go off but, somebody. Okay. It is much more. And given what we'll find out about his motivations very briefly, uh, it is entirely likely that she was his original target. Well, he might have followed her out. If that, I could have bought that better. Well, no, I think it, I, well, well, when we talk about his motivation in a minute, I think it's fair to say that Laura probably was the woman he was interested in that that night when he killed Laura's friend. Yeah, because she's blonde like the uh, like, like the, the first one was like the first one. Exactly. They have the similar hair color and the similar build and the similar look. Mm-hmm. And when we get to his motivation in a minute, we will uh, explain that. But we're, but but what happens is is that she she approaches him, so he doesn't even have to stalk her out. You know, yeah. <laughs> she approaches him anyway. So now they confront Laura with this. Mm-hmm. The fact that well, yeah, no, Tony still has... came on to me. Yeah, what does that matter? And <laughs> well, and I like that Carol's like, yeah, we'll figure out all of that nonsense later. Right now, get with a sketch artist and help us find this murderer, and maybe you're not going to jail for, you know, false accusations and wasting police time. Yeah, that's what he just, because she's just like. Yeah, this is, she's very freaked out that she almost got murdered, quite understandably. And then then they have to go and talk. Carol Mm -hmm. is interviewing her. Yep. Tony gives her the stuff to ask. Yep. Right? So... A very good interview scene. A very good interview scene. But it's just like, what did you do that made him run? Yeah. Because... And that... Because they even talk into the finger on her back, which reminds them of the fingerprints on the... Like, writing out a thing in the fingerprints on the envelope. And the fact that he had to be behind her because he couldn't bear to look at her her face. Yeah. Right? And then she rolled around, kissed him. And that's, and that's what made him run. Yeah, exactly. Like any woman suddenly being aggressive absolutely made him collapse. Like he couldn't, he couldn't cope. He couldn't deal with and it. And then, mm-hmm. although he had ejaculated as well, but. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's, but that's the thing. Like yeah. actually having a woman come at him is just something he couldn't deal with. Yeah. And then we get to, okay, so we now know why why Laura survived. Yep. And then, um, you know, and everybody doesn't understand. Carol doesn't understand why Tony isn't more angry about this. <laughs> no, no, no. This gave us a whole bunch of good things to go. Yeah. Who cares about stuff that happened to me? We got leads. Yeah. We got leads <laughs> from this. And the other thing is going to be oh, trying God, to Tony. track down where he's been calling from and yes. they can't. They, yeah, they can't figure cannot, out where he's been calling from. They cannot connect to any phone booth, any phone number, not even yeah. a cell phone or anything. It's like yeah, they have no idea. It's like the calls are coming from nowhere. Coming from nowhere. And then they finally Well, no, but they find out during the thing. Because he uh he kidnaps another woman. Yeah. And he calls them and is like, I've got this woman with me and we're going to play another game carol we're going to run around and i'm going to right and uh then i will if you play it i will let her go if you play my game i will let her go is the theory and of course really you know he's trying to lure carol out and this is where tony says no power reassurance rapist you can't give him what he wants because giving him what he wants will make him feel powerful and it will make him kill her you have to not like you have to defy him. And this is where they send out Dawn instead of this is the scene that I yeah. was conflating with the scene earlier where they send out Dawn instead of Carol to do the things. And so they run from place to place. They find his habit of leaving blonde like Barbie dolls, blonde that have been, you know, posed suggestively and have been blindfolded. And who the, have uh, got red, red bash marks. Well, red yes, marks on the back, on of, the back head. of the head. Exactly. Like, again, versions of the uh, versions of the victims and the fact that they're all blonde reinforces the idea that Laura probably was his intended victim that first night. And she just, you know, the friend was just unlucky. 
and Laura just happened to leave with a bunch of people at the same time, and so he couldn't get at her. Yeah, Laura. And so he just did, did the friend. Yeah, yeah. Laura, it was just then adding to the guilt. Laura's guilt. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, and it which it absolutely would uh, it completely. Will, yeah. And so they're chasing him down. Uh, they're trying. So they're running around trying to figure out. Okay, well, where's he going? Right. Where's he trying to lead us? And we get the crucial moment. That's so good where they're walking around and they're like, he's the calls are coming from different places, but where could they be? And they're like, oh, my God, a technical job. Right. Yeah. A, a technical job. B, we can't trace these phone calls somehow mysteriously. He must be a guy who works for the phone company. Yeah. Like, he must be a phone technician. It's the only thing that makes sense. So they get a listing. So Carol just says, okay, get me a list of everybody with the phone company with any history of any kind of sex crime. Doesn't matter what kind of sex crime. Anything at all. Anybody who works for the phone company here in Bradfield with any kind of history of sex crime, he'll be on that list. And in fact, he is on that list. Because they can check the list. Uh, because by this time, I mean, we didn't mention that she actually did it. But of course she did. She gave got them a sketch of what the guy looks like. Yeah. So now they have A, a job, and B, a physical description. And once and C job physical description and history of some kind of sex crimes that's going to be a really small list that's a really small list and yeah so they're able to get him with no trouble yeah so they're able to get him find out who he is with no trouble at all and just as tony said when he realizes that carol isn't isn't playing he just leaves the woman in the next phone booth the next phone booth he was going to send them to because he doesn't have time to do his whole ritual. He has to get away. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well how, and so they do a press conference. They announce who they, this guy is. They're like, how are we going to find this guy? And they, for some reason it didn't occur to them right away when they were going through the arrest record is, well, there's a reason he's looking for blonde women of a certain build. Carol! <sighs> Carol's the person who put him in jail. Yeah. And she's had so many criminals over the years. She's put so many people in jail that didn't even occur to her. But yeah, yeah she's been the focus this whole time. Yeah, and she should have thought about this a little more seriously, but you're in the middle of this. And then the thing with Tony is distracting. But he actually yep. did send her a personal letter to her home. Yep. Dropped it and off. it's like, but they were so busy with these Tony Rayback accusations. And everything else, yeah. And everything else that, like, they didn't have time to think. And Tony was so distracted by that. Yeah. By, and they do a good job of, like, rape accusation, Maggie dying, all of this going together, right? It, it makes perfect sense that Tony wouldn't have been clear enough in his head yeah. to see that this is all themed around Carol and all the women look like Carol. Yeah. He, he just he couldn't her. see it. If they have long hair, he he cuts it short. Yeah, so they look more like Carol. If exactly. at that time he probably would have dyed the redhead blonde. Exactly. Yeah, because it's always been about Carol this whole time. Yeah. There's this one woman he's focused on, and that's and it's like, but you they I I honestly believe they buy that they would be so distracted by the, all of this oh, other yeah. drama going on that they wouldn't realize it until it was too late. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he tries. He follows her into the court building downtown. Yeah, and he attacks her when she goes into a bathroom. But like, there's cops everywhere. This wasn't a good plan. No. Uh, Tony calls Don to tell him that the guy's coming after her. He goes to check on her, and they immediately ar arrest the guy with no further drama. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, and then we get a little bit of closure. No. Uh, they're not going to be charging Laura with the false rape accusation because she's got enough going on in her life. But this is Tony's call, of course. Of course it's Tony's call. <laughs> and he says, no, he says she yeah. needs help. Yeah, she, she didn't do it because she's a villain. She did it because she was desperate. She did it because she was feeling ignored and she did it because she was feeling guilty. Yeah. You know, and she blamed Tony for everything that was going wrong, which, you know, it's, it's not like any of this was Tony's fault, but you understand why she did yeah. it. So that ended up being um, the end. Yeah. And oh, well, one last note. Yeah. Uh, we see that on the wall of Maggie's cell, she had drawn a map. Yes. Of here are the like, 
here are the rocks, here's the depression, and here's the three trees. And I dug them and I, and you know, I put them in the ground. The bodies. Yeah, right. And here are the places where I put them in the ground. Yeah. And so Tony sees it and he knows that Maggie really did try to make you know, like to do what Tony had wanted, like to to follow up and do everything that Tony had asked her to. Like she really did try. And the episode ends with a trip to the Moors where they do, in fact, start finding bodies. And Carol's like, does any of this matter? And we get this wonderful reversal of, you know, because Tony doesn't care about the dead, uh, like doesn't give any thought to dead, uh, dead people or bodies or anything like that. But now he's like, I think it does matter because this there's a chance this might help the families get closure. Yeah. And he's like, because fundamentally, it doesn't matter to the dead bodies whether they get found or not. But he's like, if there's a chance that this will make their families even slightly less, you know, unhappy, even slightly less brutalized by the experience they've been through, then yeah, of course this is worth it. Yeah. And so it's like, Tony is always laser focused on the victims of crime. And that's not just, and the what this episode reminds you is the victims of crime aren't just the bodies. Yeah. It's the everybody around them. It's everybody in their lives. It's the people who are left behind when their loved ones are stolen from them. And it's like, that's what Tony cares about. Yeah. He cares about minimizing this lasting damage. And it's like, it's a remarkably consistent trait for him. Yes. Like, it really is. This continues being a thing for him. And it's like, yeah, he has a 100% consistent worldview. It might be a little weird and it might be a little off-putting. But it is consistent, and he's written well enough that you understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Just a great character. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, he really is. And so uh, this episode is loosely, well, the Maggie character, not this episode, is loosely based on a real thing. Yes. There were the Moore's murders where this woman, you know, bore, uh, buried a bunch of people she killed, you know, out in the, out in the swamps. And would like, and there were all of these things where she kept bringing the cops out to, you know, look for the bodies yeah. and saying she could remember and having trouble. And then there was always this, there was this public outcry. It was like, she just wants to be out of jail or she's planning an escape or blah, 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 blah. And I don't know, I don't know the finished details. I don't know if she found all of the bodies in the real thing, but like that is, so this part is loosely based in the same way that the Jimmy Savile thing yeah. was based on a real guy. Uh, this one was also based on a real case. Yeah, and hers, of course, hers was based on the rumors of Jimmy Savile and the what Jimmy Savile was like in person, like because all of the crime stuff hadn't come out yet. Whereas this one was based on a known real life crime, mm -hmm. which yeah, so uh, ripped from the headlines, just like Criminal Minds. Yeah, but they do they do a nice job. Uh, they do very very nice job of different, and it is a different attitude towards. There's a consistency. I guess that is part of what's differentiates it. Differentiates it from criminal minds is that they do know what the consistency is. Mm -hmm. Right? I think you're right. Um it is um it it's yeah, I I sit there the attitude towards profiling and what it can and cannot do is yeah. um for sure different but the oh, yeah. consistent worldview from their profiler profiler <laughs> is so refreshing because mm -hmm. he seldom steps away from it and there are reasons yeah. for that but it is and this means that the author's worldview is coming through tony oh yeah absolutely and um yeah, so even when they, you know, can do other things. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I, I, I said it's just so different because that's the biggest, the biggest complaint we have. And if there is yeah. anything, it is that I keep going back to consistency of the showrunner with a vision. I think that, I think that helps a ton. Yeah, and this, know? and, and you will see that consistently. In the British shows, I would say, like, I've been watching Supernatural, as I <laughs> want to mention. 
yeah, you've uh, brought it up a few times. And, yeah. You know, it, it's a slow process. It's just every now and then. So I, you've an episode here, an episode there. I know. So, you know, Crowley's mother has shown up, uh, which is. Oh, it's so nice. But um, again, it's the it's the consistency of vision of the people who um, are are putting the show putting out. the yeah. show out the consistency in terms of who directs the episodes the consistency mm-hmm. of the writing room so that you don't have these but how could they that six weeks ago you know they were doing this but say what you know i thought yep. i thought they were but over here and if you are <laughs> our criminal minds podcast or just the last six episodes yeah. where we analyze the thing as a whole, that's the biggest problem we've got is. Yeah. It's a lack of consistency, lack of vision, lack of consistency, lack of worldview. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't accuse uh, beyond borders of a lack of worldview. It's just, no, it is remarkably <laughs> consistent in its awfulness, in its awfulness, but that's the only one. Yeah. It's the only thing they did where it's 100% consistent all the time. Yeah. And it is strangely, horribly. Yeah. Oh no. They, they know exactly. I mean, say what you will about, uh, criminal minds beyond borders. They know exactly what they want to say. Yeah. And, and if you wondered why America is the way it is now, go watch beyond borders. Yeah. It's, it's all right there. It's all right there. Like, this is not, uh, this is a show that is, I think it is useful as a window into the American psyche. Yeah, it, it is. It is strange. It is the only one. Because even the first uh, spinoff. Um, suspect behavior. Suspect behavior. It was. It was very different. Very, very different. But it was giving you some idea that it was going to go in some very strange places and weird directions we never got enough of it to make a statement about like for it to to make its worldview clear. because i mean the, the thing that you always question is that are demons real yeah i mean and and this has shown up only in two episodes of criminal minds in the 15 years uh wait no three three okay yeah uh so there's Guy who's trying to protect his sister from being the bride of Satan. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, Satan shows up to marry his sister. But that could just be her being caught in her brother's delusion. Two, uh, the one where Boyd Crowder is possessed by a demon. And three, the guy who from childhood has always been haunted by demons. Yes. And then when he was a child and they tried to do an exorcism, people got killed in a fire. And now those people... Like the demons are wearing their faces and telling him to kill people. Yes. So that is on the main show, three appearances of demons on uh, suspect behavior, one appearance of demons. Yes, but it was, but it was this constant discussion, right? Yeah. Forrest Whitaker and his priest friend. Yeah. And I mean, and that was interesting yeah. because it's not like even it's, it doesn't matter whether they're literal demons or not. Yeah. What matters is what, like, <clears throat> what, does the idea of demons, why do we as humans create the idea of demons and what are they trying to represent if yes. they're literal or not? Because if they're not literal, well, why did we invent demons and what are we trying to say by using the word demon? So it's like, it's interesting whether or not the demons are real on uh, suspect yes. behavior. Whereas I don't think, I don't think criminal minds as demons were trying to do any, like, I don't think the main show was trying to do anything so complex. Oh no, <laughs> I think somebody said, why don't we do a demon episode? And the showrunner said, oh, sure. All episodes don't interconnect with one another. So it's fine. We have no overarching vision for this show. We don't know what we're doing from week to week. So yeah, throw in a demon. Why not? Why not have a demon Uh, in there, right? Yeah, no. Whereas this show, of course, doesn't have demons. And that's very, very clear that everybody has got a backstory of which we do not get this man's other than no, we don't know why. We do, yeah, I mean, we don't get anything more than he's focused on Carol because Carol was the person who arrested him. Yeah, but like he was already a rapist. Yeah, he was already so a rapist. Where did that come from? And we don't get anything no, about his backstory. No. So 
because this episode has too much going on with Tony and Laura and Maggie. Like, there's just no time for the killer story this week. No, and that's fine. Like, it doesn't, every week doesn't have to be a complete biography of a serial. No. And like we don't we don't need that. No, because you just because it's the process and then talking. Mm-hmm. And and you're also learning that there are some things that can distract Tony. Yeah. Just as at the end of season one, you know, mm-hmm. he was wrong. Yep. Not very often is he wrong, but yeah. wrong. He is not infallible. And he's not treated as infallible. And well, and there's an interesting thing here, right? Because we always talk about how on Criminal Minds, that it's like uh, how there is 50-50, the local cops are complete buffoons who don't know how to do their jobs and, uh, you know, and hassle the team because they're not smart enough to understand why the team is there. Or the local cops, like, see them as gods who who come in and, like, solve all of their problems. And it's like, do do a uh, ritual to summon a profiler to solve your murders, kind of. <laughs> right? And these, are, like, these are the two different... Well, it's kind yeah. of the two different ways cops are... Whereas here, because Tony's working with the same cops every week, yeah. we really are getting a developing relationship where people are gradually coming to understand what he's good for. Yeah. But at the same time, it takes a while to build up trust. And Tony's a weirdo. Like, imagine, and I'm not saying this is, you know, where it would have to go. But, like, imagine if, like, a du- people had to, people who just worked in the police station had to work with Spencer Reed every couple of weeks for years. That would be a weird relationship. <laughs> that would be a very strange relationship that would develop with them. Well, the two of them are. Okay. Yeah. The two of them are complete misfits. They are they misfits are. in a different way, but they are both. The, the one thing, consistency, is they both cannot interact in any normal fashion with other human beings. No, they just don't. You care. know, they're so far off the pale, off the mark. I mean, we all have problems interacting with other human beings. Of course. We all do, of, but they are yeah, like, so far. Dealing with motivations and dealing with people, it's its complicated. Yeah. It, it's always been complicated. And they both have backstories that they are avoiding and repressing. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of similarities between Tony Hill and uh, Rob Spencer yeah. Reed. Yeah, Spencer Reed. Like there, there are there is a bunch of ways in which they're very similar characters in a way that I find interesting. And we're going to talk more as we go about. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so very good in episode in the way that it like allowed us to dig into what's going on with Tony. Yeah. Like it was a very Tony centric episode. And I think we needed that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we're st- restarting. It's a new season. People are going to be watching it for the first time. You're like, okay, well figuring out who Tony Hill is, is going to help get people on board with this show. And it's a rough episode in a lot of ways. It's a very brutal episode, but I think they did a great job of like getting you into this character's world. Yes. So yeah, I consider this to be just a perfect way to start season two. Speaking of season two, what's the next episode? The next episode is called The Darkness of Light. (laughs) Weird title. Yes. I don't remember. You don't have to tell me. It's available on Prime, as these all are. So head on over there and watch it. Or BritBox, Uh, it's on our Acorn. Oh, yeah. Acorn or BritBox. But I mean, you get there through Prime. So, you know. But you're right. It doesn't come with default Prime. That's absolutely correct. Yes. um, Uh, Only only because there are, I'm sure, lots of people who... We have lots of people in Britain. I don't think they all watch would watch this over yeah no obviously you're not going to necessarily watch this over uh prime but hopefully that you will find a way oh hey i just found out that uh robson green has a new show you know those uh you know those those tv shows where people solve crimes in the countryside yes he's the star of one of those Uh, apparently it's based on a series of books about a uh uh, like a um, Anglican vicar who solves crimes. 
and he like teams up with a cop, uh, you know, a, a grumpy cop, and Robson Green is the grumpy cop. Oh, oh, so it's an updated Father Brown. Yeah, it's a Father <laughs> Brown type of thing. And apparently, four, uh, they've had seven seasons. The first four seasons, it was based on the books. But then, I who knows what happened? The guy who played the vicar left the show. Don't know the story there. And so they got a new vicar. And Robson Green is still there, you know, solving crime. So it's like how they keep swapping out people on Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> Sa- same deal. Yeah. Except it's supposed to. But the weird part here is that it's like the vicar should be the main character. But no, now the cop's the main character because the original vicar left. Well, yes. Well, you know. It happens. Like, again, that's just production. I mean, you either recast the character, you recast the actor, or you bring in a new character. And they decide to bring well, in a new yeah, character well, to serve the exact same person. Well, sure. And the vicar, you know, and it's not abnormal for a vicar to have left. Get transferred. Get transferred. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. No, you're totally right. We, it's not suspicious. I just think it's fun that there's a new Robson Green show if we want to check that out later. Oh, yeah, well, I've got always got something to watch. <laughs> new to always like something new to watch. And those of you who want to watch something in Korean, go watch The Extraordinary Inspector Wu. Okay. We will keep that in mind. All right. So uh, we're going to wrap things up here. So as always, I want to thank you for watching and remind you that if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you think we should check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you're listening to this on an app or podcaster, be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. We're going to see you back here next week for more Wire in the Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And it's the extraordinary lawyer woo. Have a good week. Extraordinary lawyer woo. Right, right. Because she's a, a savant who knows the law better than anybody yes. else. All right. Okay. See you back Have a good bye-bye. week. Bye. Bye-bye. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.